Welcome to the Inspire to Invest podcast, where we're sharing stories from real estate investors and how investing has changed their lives. This episode of the Inspire to Invest podcast has been brought to you by True Capital Real Estate, Strategic Success Consulting, and Infinite Real Estate Results. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Inspired to Invest podcast. I have Caleb Johnson here with me today, and he got into real estate at quite the young age, and he's been very impressive, acquiring $12 million in assets by the age of 26. So I'd say that's pretty amazing. His company, Red Sea Capital Group, acquires large value-add apartment buildings in the South, East, and Midwest areas of the United States. And he is also offering a real estate due diligence checklist for active and passive investors, which you can retrieve from the show notes below after tuning in. So thanks for being here today, Caleb. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Thank you for having me, Serena. I'm excited to be here. So obviously you got started very young. I think a lot of us listening and watching will be like, why didn't I do that? (laughs) So what was it that got you into real estate so young? You know, I'd say I was more of a BC student in high school and I started investing when I was 19 years old. The The real motivating factor was me, for me, was my my parents. They weren't wealthy by any means. And especially my mom, I saw what having a job did for her. Um, long story short, she had bilateral knee replacements. Uh, and so she was around 60 years old. So she was going to stay home for three months, heal up and recover. At the end of three months, though, Serena, she wasn't healed all the way. So she and she had no income coming in, right? No passive investments. So she either could stay home and recover, but prolong retirement because she's dipping into her savings account to survive, or she can go back to work and make money and retire on time. So she decided to go back to work, but it was such a toll on her physically. She would literally come home in tears because of so much physical and stress and emotional pain. And so I saw what and I, I want to first say that, you know, we do need jobs, right? I just some people love having a job and that's great. However, for me, I saw what having a job could do, you know, seeing where I could be 60 years old, something unforeseen happening. And now I'm forced uh, to stay at that job. So yeah. that's what got me started to start my own business. And then on top of that, learning 90% of millionaires got their millions through real estate investing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was crazy and, and pretty good odds. Uh, if I wanted uh, success. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And to your point, there's nothing wrong with having a job or a career path. It's not like everyone wants to necessarily be out there, you know, maybe being an active real estate investor. But I think to your point, it's just making sure that you also have a cushion, you have other streams of income so that you're not 100% dependent on it in the situation that your health fails or there's some other life-changing incident, right? So just to add that perspective. So obviously you did some research, you saw, you know, what your mother was going through. So how then did you jump into real estate investing and how did you get your, your first building kind of under contract? So I started with free content being 19 years old. I did not have a lot of money, probably had like 20, 15, 20 grand. And so I listened to a ton of free content. Bigger pockets was great YouTube videos. And I learned about house hacking where you live in one unit of, let's say, a four-unit apartment complex or a duplex single-family home, and you rent out the rooms or the other units, but you're able to buy it for 3.5% down payment because it's owner-occupied. So I bought this fourplex in my market in Arizona, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bought it for 300, so I needed around 12 grand to to buy it. And 
shortly after that, you know, after renovating some of the units, it started cash flowing and printing $1,200 a month. And my eyes really opened and thought, oh, wow, I can, I mean, this actually works. Um, And so that was my first deal. Yeah. And then where did you take it from that point? Like, did you start getting mentorship or developing partnerships or did you just try to scale on your own in the beginning? I did try to scale. I tried to do both. I, I saw the power of OPM, other people's money. Yeah. And so I networked a ton trying to find partners and I, I wanted to flip at the time. I always thought commercial was like in in the uh, forward looking. It was going to happen eventually. Yeah. I just thought I needed more experience in residential, which mm-hmm. is a, a complete myth, which we can talk about more. <laughs> so I started more house hacks. I did a duplex. I bought a, I sold the fourplex through a 1031 exchange, bought a retail facility did a flip with a partner that did not go well. We lost money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned I'm more of a cash flow guy. It's got to be making money. Yeah. Um, and then from that point, after about three years, scaled to apartments. Yeah. And then when you move towards apartments, I think you know a lot of the investors that, that I've spoken to, and myself included, are like, why didn't I just go bigger sooner? <laughs> At least here in Canada, it's a lot easier to qualify for anything with five doors and up than it is for single families. So maybe you can shed some light on what that process is like in the United States. Yeah. So to qualify for a commercial real estate, I can't I don't remember. I think it's the same thing for a five unit apartment complex, but we focus on 75 plus units. Mm -hmm. So larger, larger dollar amounts, larger assets. And there's two things you need to qualify for those loans. Of course, on top of many other things, but two main things that people get stuck on or don't know. One is that you need someone that's going to sign the note that has the net worth equal to the loan amount. So if you're buying an asset and the loan amount is 10 million bucks, someone needs to sign on the note that is worth $10 million and their assets and their cash, uh, IRAs, 401ks, whatever. And the second piece is that someone on your team that signs a note, they need to have 10% of the loan amount liquid. So that's a million bucks liquid, stocks, cash. Of course, if you have five people on the team and they all like bring 20% of that amount, and mm-hmm. they can make up and equal to that, that works. But usually it's one person that it, they just sign their name on the note and they have that liquid. And yeah. so that's those are a couple of things that you need to know before actually going out and trying to buy one of these properties. Yeah. So did you do that with joint venture partners or just from different like money partners in terms of providing the capital? Both. So some joint venture partners and you know they bring up whatever the the loan requirements are. Um, yeah. So they they did that. And then also in syndications, partnering with others, uh, starting off, that was something really big for me is you have to, it, it's partnerships, you know, you have yeah. to partner and, and that's something that commercial real estate forces people to do. Yeah. But I will say what's good about that is that it makes everyone very humble and wanting to help other people yeah. because they know- they are, we all started from the same place and you could be a, the person that's coming to me and wanting advice could be a potential partner in the future. Yeah. And so you always want to help people and kind of help the the little guy. Yeah. Now, I guess, how did you bridge that? Like when you went from the single family, smaller properties into the larger scale, like, did you take a certain coaching program? Did you have a mentor that was guiding you through that process? Like, what did you do to really make sure that you were equipped and ready to take on something of that size? Yeah. So every stage in my business, even if for my first rental, 
to raising capital, to starting buying apartments, I always had a mentor, but I had no money, right? So you think a lot of people, they pay for coaching, which is great. I've done that uh, and I offer that. But for me, I didn't have any money. So I added value to people that I could, um, be it um, through finding deals, like my first apartment partner, I how I showed that I was credible was I brought him limited partners. So I knew people from church that had some capital they wanted to invest. And I said, hey, my partner is Mike. He's buying this property. I'll connect you two. And maybe it's a good fit. Maybe you invest with each other. Mm-hmm. And that happened, you know, maybe for half a million dollars that I gave that first partner. Yeah. And so that showed him, hey, Caleb's, I'm going to invest some time into Caleb because Serena, I mean, you probably know this, but so many people want to start in commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. So I get calls all day long, five to 10 calls a week, people yeah. wanting to do what I do. Yeah. And so you need to actually differentiate yourself and be willing to work and stand out. Yeah. Now I'm not saying you need to bend over backwards or really, you know, hurt yourself uh and, and maybe get into a bad partnership, but still be willing to give away something to in, in return for something. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think you have to give in order to receive. Um now when you look at your portfolio at this point in time, what would you say you're most proud of or you look at as your biggest success so far? Hmm. Wow, that is a great question. Um you know, I would say that it is a failure, actually. So when when I was first creating my own business, starting pursuing properties on my own, uh, and I kind of broke away from my first partner, I was buying a $10 million asset in Oklahoma. Right. And I was using a spreadsheet that was gifted to me from my first partner. And we were negotiating the PSA we were awarded the deal. So we were negotiating a PSA for a month. And my sponsor, the guy who was going to sign the note with a, with a large network or net worth, uh, he said, hey, let my underwriting partner verify the numbers. And I said, great. So we talked about it. And long story short, this underwriter actually found an error in my spreadsheet that required me to go back to the seller and ask for a million dollar haircut. Wow. So- that was, and the reason I'm saying that's a success, it definitely didn't feel like a success in the moment. It still doesn't, it still hurts. But uh, of course that seller said no, but <laughs> it showed me that you need to have, partnerships are so key and to have someone verify your numbers, yeah. right? I literally had like one number tweaked and it was the perfect number that killed the deal completely. Yeah. So having someone verifying your numbers and partnering with others that are maybe more experienced or more smarter than you in certain areas. And that's what makes a good partnership. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think even in my experience, just going back and double checking, and even if you can double check, it's like when you're proofreading something, you've written it or looked at it so many times, it can be very easy to miss something. So having those other set of eyes are so important. Um, Now, when you talk about, um, just again, building up your business and acquiring these assets. What do you think is one of the biggest challenges that you've had to face over the last few years? Hmm. I'd say starting off, um, it's just that starting off. Like I was a residential investor. And so when you're first starting in apartments, I was talking to someone yesterday who said, I invest in residential real estate and it feels like to jump into apartments, it's some like exclusive club that I need entrance into. 
right? Yeah. And so it, it feels like it's so distant. Um, and partnering with others, again, I always I keep on talking about this today. I don't know what it is, but that's what helped me. And so though like that first hurdle of not knowing where to start, just listening to podcasts, reading books, and finding someone who could kind of hold my hand yeah. and who had 18 months of experience ahead of me. I don't want to work with Grant Cardone if I'm just starting off. Yeah. He has 25 plus years of experience and he has problems I might never even think of or yeah. know about, right? Yeah. He's so far up there. Finding someone just ahead of me is really valuable. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges, just knowing knowing where to start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say I had that similar experience that I've had different mentors and coaches. Um, I had my own business for 18 years and one of the best mentors you know, he's a marketing consultant. So he would go into businesses and deconstruct them. So that's what he did with me and was like, stop doing this, do more of this. And, you know, we ended up actually growing significantly, but then I went through the same program and was mentored with someone that was like a, a president of a multinational public relations company. And she just couldn't even understand the challenges that I had because she deals with such top level things, just like what Crodon would mm. be like, they can't understand mm. like, the little issues I'm having with the 10 people in my office, you know, or like how to give them a growth trajectory when we're so small. Um, so it was just hard to learn from her because it was just, we're in two very, very different size companies in different places. So I think you need to, like you said, just connect with someone that's just a little bit ahead. So they've had some of those learnings, but they're going to give you the valuable insights that you need to be where you, you are at the moment. Um, would you say that there's anything that stands out to you as one of the biggest lessons that you've learned? That you'd want to pass along to someone that could be starting out? Hmm. I'd say network, network, network. Um, I would say the the whole underwriting thing where I, I had to go back to the seller and ask for a million bucks. But I'd say networking has one found me general partners that I can meet with. So, you know, listening to podcasts and then reaching out to those people, right? Mm -hmm. That are doing deals that are on that podcast, connecting with people like that. Yeah. Connecting with people on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, bigger pockets, wherever I can network with people, you'll really learn and get a feel for who's a tire kicker and who just talks, who's a newbie and who's actually doing deals. Yeah. And then when you find people that are doing the deals, adding value to them and bringing something to them, either a deal or capital, or maybe it's a, another thing that, you know, maybe they need a marketing specialist and you yeah. have experience in marketing. Yeah. Great. Um, but you also, whenever you network, you find those passive investors that you might not otherwise find if you just spend 10, 15 minutes a day networking. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how much fruit I've had just by doing that. Yeah, no, that's smart. And on that note, we're just going to take a really brief break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Carleen Sue, and I'm the CEO of True Capital Real Estate. Our mission is to help busy professionals build lasting wealth. We focus on multifamily purpose-built rentals as a strategic and accessible investment strategy. Our goal is to demystify real estate investing and be your trusted partner to handle all aspects from beginning to end. Because after all, it's not actually about real estate. It's about having a robust and secure financial future so you can focus on the people and things that you care about the most. Thanks again for following along with this episode of Inspired to Invest. In addition to real estate, investing, and running my own brand experience agency for 18 years, I also published a book called The Accidental Entrepreneur in October of 2021. This is my story, and it chronicles how I turned tragedy into triumph to embrace my destiny in entrepreneurship. If you're interested in picking up a copy, 
You can find the link at serenahomesrealtor.com and you can also find my link tree with all of the retailers in the details below. Thanks again for your support. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and we'll get you right back to it. But I have some exciting news to share. Myself from Strategic Success and Corey McKinnon from Infinite Results have banded together so we can bring to you an amazing platform where you can learn and grow and have support on your real estate journey. We're building a community. We're building the help and the support. We've got the coaching for you. We've got the content. So if you want more information and see how it can help you on your journey, click the link below in the show notes or click the link in my bio for more information. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Inspired to Invest podcast. I have Caleb Johnson here with me today. He has a company called Red Sea Capital Group, and he's talking about how he went from investing in single family homes and house hacking to literally acquiring multi-million figures in apartment buildings. So we were talking about your successes, challenges, and lessons. What would you say is the craziest thing that's ever happened to you as a real estate investor so far? Hmm. Man, it's good, Serena. You got some really good questions. <laughs> um, I I want to go back to that underwriting one, but but I'll say a different one is probably networking. Again, it goes back to networking. I met this guy uh, at an ultimate partnering meetup. So hosted by David Lindahl, there's over a thousand, two thousand investors there, and I met him there. And then six months later, I found him in the same mastermind that I was in. You know, we paid a significant amount of money to be there. And, but he was, we were just talking, catching up and he said, Hey, you know, I've got this deal I need capital raisers for. Do you want to partner? And yeah. I said, yeah, you know, so, uh, not something entirely crazy, but just goes to show just networking and staying in touch of people. You can get deals from that. And yeah. so also being a, a, a decent human being, you know, and, and not being a complete downer or, or just being someone that people want to work with. Yeah. Um, that's been a big learning lesson. Now, in an instance like that, where you're capital raising for someone else, and it's not necessarily your own deal, what would you do to look at what they are doing, just to make sure that you're not referring people into investing in something that may not be an actual good opportunity? Yes, good, great question. Uh, even if someone wants to capital raise only, like exclusively capital raise, learn how to underwrite at least the basics, yeah. because I, the way I added value to my first mentor was acquisitions. So he taught me underwriting and I brought deals to him. So that's where I got my underwriting experience from. And if I didn't, and before that, I had no experience with Excel, yeah, none. Um, and so learning how to underwrite, I'm able to vet this guy's deal that he wants me to raise capital for. Yeah. And if it checks the box and it's green on my end, then, okay, I feel comfortable and confident that I can bring my investors into the deal. Yeah. Um, I will say there is some risk. If you just meet someone and they ask you to raise capital, I really recommend building relationships over time yeah. because I've had partnerships where I just wish I didn't partner with them, honestly. Uh, but I've also had times where I've partnered with somebody like this this gentleman, and I could not be happier with the result, with yeah. his professionalism. So it is a risk, you know. I'd say get to know someone before you jump in bed with them, um, yeah. and and go from there. Yeah, no, I think that's smart. And at the end of the day, it's your brand and your reputation on the line, right? So I think you want to make sure that you're protecting the relationships that you've built, especially if it's something new. Uh, now, with all the mentorship and coaching that you have done over the last few years, what would you say is the best advice that you've ever been given? 
I would say coaching, 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 coaching. <laughs> yeah. Um, because again, if I can find someone that's been investing for 18 months and they can condense what they've learned in 18 months so I can learn it in three months or six months, mm-hmm. that will progress me so much farther. Even if it costs me, let's say 10 grand, if it costs yeah. me 10 grand to learn something and it can save me 18 months, the most valuable asset I have, Serena, is time. Yeah. Period. If I can if I can invest $10,000 and save a year, I mean that is one of the biggest ROIs maybe out there. Of course, they, they need to provide value and it needs to actually be a good course, good information, but if yeah. you can if you know it is, then I'd say all day invest in coaching. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it also you know, if you look at it from the standpoint that you know, I think a better mindset, if you start looking at something different, it may actually look different. So sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. So it's just having that perspective sometimes that a coach can lend to you that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of a certain question to ask or to look at something in a certain way that can help push you that much further ahead. Um, So obviously you've done a lot in a short window of time. So what would be next for you? And what would you say is your financial freedom number? Mm. My financial freedom number right now is pretty low. Um, I'd say, shoot, 60 grand, 100 grand, you know, 60 is a good benchmark, which is very low. I I know that. I don't have many expenses. (laughs) Um, So $60,000 annually, and that's what I need to to pay the bills and to save and all that. Um, And so ultimate success for me, it's, it's changed over time. You know, so many people say, how many units do you want? How big of a business do you want? I love, I'm a teacher at heart. And what brings me fulfillment is ministry. And so I I would love to be in full-time ministry, be able to have passive investments or additionally coach people how to invest in real estate, maybe do a deal here and there. Um, And that would be the life. Of course, I don't know. I'd rather be in full-time ministry than anything. So we'll, we'll see what God does, but that's, that's what that looks like for me. I'm in a, a real estate investing mastermind. And one of the organizers for that has um, a project called Go Big to Give Big. And it's basically talking about how you can embed a giving component into everything that you do. They had a speaker, for example, that came and for whatever percentage of business, like went towards feed, feeding children that were in um, you know lower income neighborhoods and stuff like that. But it's kind of embedded from the forefront. So, you know, like say from every door, of rent, you put $10 towards whatever it is. So maybe that's something that even if you're not in ministry full-time at the moment, you can also kind of incorporate some of those opportunities to give back and, and, you know, just do the good work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, now what, what would you say is next? So you have 12 million in assets. Like, would you say that you have a goal of a certain number of doors or would it be a certain value of a portfolio? Like, have you kind of put something on a vision board that you're working towards? I would say, um, uh, the end goal for me is, you know, Serena, if I could have the end goal for me is the monetary amount. So a hundred thousand dollars income, um, annually, and it could be, I could have 10 single family homes and it gets me that, or I could have 2000 units of apartment buildings because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you just have a little sliver, uh, yeah. of a bigger, of a bigger pie. So, but I am focused on apartments. And so if I could have, you know, 500 units, maybe 500 to a thousand units, I think that would gain me that amount. 
Um, plus I really do enjoy coaching people. So if I could increase the amount of people that I coach, help them buy their first apartment complex in 12 months or less, then that would be probably another goal. So the coaching people and then 500 to a thousand units would, would be that goal. Great. Um, now in terms of inspiration and motivation, are there any particular quotes that you want to leave with anyone that's watching right now? Mm -hmm. Watching or listening? Yeah, I would say if I quit, it will last forever. Um, and so no matter what you do, if you just don't quit, you literally cannot lose. Yeah. It, it can feel like you're losing in the moment. Uh, you might not know where to go from there, but if you just don't quit, then you can't lose. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And sometimes people look at it like they don't realize how close that they are to something when they do give up. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think just to your point about networking and persistence and stuff like that, it all comes together. And I think it'll be worth it in the end if you make you know some of those wise moves. Uh, now, in terms of where people can find with you to connect about opportunities or what you have going on with your coaching, what would be the best and easiest way for them to get a hold of you? I'd say the best way to check me out on Instagram. Um, so it, it's Red Sea Capital Group. And if you aren't on Instagram, you can visit us at redseacapitalgroup.com. Great. So we'll include that below in the show notes, along with your due diligence checklist. Uh, thanks, of course, for being here today. For anyone that is watching or listening, please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. You can also follow along on Instagram at Inspire to Invest Podcast. And of course, to the audience, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, when you invest in yourself, the sky's the limit. Thanks again to our sponsors, True Capital Real Estate, Strategic Success Consulting, and Infinite Real Estate Results for bringing you this episode of Inspired to Invest. The views represented on this podcast are for general information only and does not constitute investment or other professional advice or an offering of securities. The host and guests featured on Inspired to Invest make no representations as to the performance of any particular investment. Should you decide to make an investment, you are responsible for conducting your own review and analysis. It is recommended that you obtain independent legal accounting and tax advice from licensed professionals.